In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about our socks, fiery vaginas, wistful ennui, and respecting body autonomy in our discussion of Patricia Wants to Cuddle by Samantha Allen. (laughs) It's so serious. (laughs) Fiery vaginas and respecting body autonomy. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss Patricia Wants to Cuddle by Samantha Allen. (laughs) Standard disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show and Lady Sasquatches so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. I love Lady Sasquatches. I'm just going to give you my initial thoughts straight off the bat. Let's go squatching. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Lady Sasquatch. What a good find. You can't find. tell that I like uh, the Bigfoot, can no, you? No, not at all. No, not at all. No, no, Kiwi, you no. sent me as well. My cryptids book, Chewie is standing in for a Bigfoot today. Sure, good. Yeah. And I have other paraphernalia lying around. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I most of it, it, if not all of it, has been purchased and sent over by you. Hey, yay! <laughs> You're feeding my obsession. I am. I am, and I'm okay with that. That's that is also my background information, but I'm sure you've got some proper one. <laughs> yes, uh, I read, <laughs> I read an interview on ourculturemag.com, and they were talking to Samantha Allen about this book, and they asked her about the horror twist that happens, and literally the literal twist, and then body parts fly. Um, So Samantha's response was, to me, I kind of love the idea of the book throwing people a curveball partway through. I've seen a lot of early reactions of people saying, this is bonkers or bananas or unhinged. And it's like, God, it made you feel something. For better or worse, it grabs you by the shoulders and says, this is happening. Are you on board with it? I think I love that feeling and getting that reaction from a reader. I feel like so much stuff can be boiled down to, oh, this book is this plus this. I love how complicated the equation is for Patricia. It's Unreal plus Friday the 13th plus Cryptage plus Lore and all that kind of stuff. Love it. It's so many things and it's wonderful. I'm so glad we found this book. I remember you sent me the link to it and I was like, uh... Yes. Yes, please. Why haven't we already covered this? Right? What's wrong with us? How did we miss it? I mean, it just came out. It just came out like last summer. I don't care. I'm shocked and appalled. I know. I know. How how often have I said we need to cover a cryptid or a Bigfoot book? And we, we spend ages looking for something even mildly appropriate. And obviously we must have looked and then this was released. Yeah, we must have. Shocking we must behavior. have. But we got there. We got we there did. in the end. We it's did. all good. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Let's go squatching. Let's go squatching. Let's go squatching. Margaret, just call me Maggie Davies, scrubs the remains of a dead sheep off her deck. 
poor thing had been bludgeoned and torn to shreds, but that won't ruin her mourning. Finishing her tea before dealing with the ewes remains, Maggie thinks about her dead wife and is glad she didn't die so violently. Perhaps, though, she would have preferred this grisly demise over the chemotherapy. Mm. T-Rex Derrickson shares a post on catchchat.com. He's week nine spoilers for the catch. The show will not be heading to Tokyo, but Otters Island, Washington. Jeremy Blackstone, the eligible bachelor, has selected his final four ladies. Christian influencer Lila Mae Adams, fashion vlogger Amanda Parker, auto show model Vanessa Voorhees, and HR representative Renia Irons. Amanda and Vanessa are still frontrunners, but rumour has it Jeremy is leaning towards Vanessa, which is an interesting twist, as production is counting on her to be the villain in the final edit. Following T-Rex's post, commentators debate the final selection and give their salty thoughts on the final four. (laughs) The catch production crew and contestants are flying to Seattle, Washington. As the turbulence hits, Renee thinks about the possibility of fiery deaths as the plane crashes down. Unfortunately, it's not the screams of her fellow passengers she can hear, but the monotonous flight attendant asking, Trash? Trash? As she walks up the aisle. Renee doesn't even want to win because the show is stupid and Jeremy is gross. Ugh, why won't the plane just explode? Amanda, in the seat next to her, is chatting away as the plane makes its descent. Amanda laughs at something Renee isn't paying attention to, and all Renee thinks is that she likes her laugh. The plane lands with a thud, not with a fireball. Damn it! Shucks. After the flight, there is a ferry ride to Otters Island. Vanessa is on the deck getting a reprieve from Amanda's overpowering perfume and thinking about Jeremy and how much she is going to fuck him after that. <laughs> she is uh, very confident she will win the show and doesn't have a lot of respect for her fellow contestants. Watching the coastline of the cliffs and trees go by, Vanessa leans precariously over the railing. Sure, she can see something skittering between the trees skittering is never good no could be a a cougar a bear a wolf the fairy lurchers and vanessa would have gone overboard if dex derrickson the host of the catch didn't grab her dex has very little clue who she is despite weeks of being on the shore and in close proximity to all the contestants because of the vast quantities of scotch he consumes constantly having a pickled brain Vanessa lets Dex waffle about almost going to Tokyo when he mentions seeing an arm in the water below. Yes, yes, an arm. Wait, what? Dex saw an arm in the throffing wake, but Vanessa doesn't see anything. It was probably just a scotch-induced hallucination. Lila May has a plan. A plan to spread the word of her lord to the digital age, and once she wins, she will use Jeremy's connections to help launch it. I feel like I can't do Lila May without bringing on the honky-tonk. If you didn't bring on the honky-tonk, I'd have been very disappointed, because <laughs> I, was, I was reading into my head honky-tonk. <laughs> For now, she needs to reclip her hair extensions focus, channel her years of pageant experience, and be her gorgeous self on this podunk island. 
Focus is difficult, however, when Vanessa terrorizes her by jumping out of a bathroom stall. Deep breaths, Lila May. Deep breaths. Just, just breathing in, Lila May. The Lord is with me, Lila May. <laughs> <laughs> oh, catchchat.com commentators are debating on who Jeremy will pick. T-Rex is usually spot on with his predictions as these shows tend to follow a familiar template, but everyone has their favourite and their own theories. Meanwhile, Renee is watching Lila May delivering a promotional bit to the camera. Lila May is just frankly far too chipper, and the script is just garbage, especially for 2am. On another part of the deck, Vanessa and Amanda are whispering to each other. At first, Renee thought she might inspire a generation as the first black woman to reach the top two. But it didn't take long for her to realise the catch took everything you give, but it doesn't give anything back. Her co-workers had nominated her for the show, and they and the producers of the show heard her say all the right things, but never the truth that she sometimes daydreams about women, or she's not always sure what there is to live for. Jeremy interrupts Renee's reverie and says he needs to talk. Jeremy tells her he likes hanging out with her, but more than the other girls. But he can't pick her. He's still planning on giving her a corsage, and she'll make the final two, but she will not win. The racism is unspoken, but it is very much there. Uh, Garbage people. Casey Collins is a big deal on the Catch production crew. She essentially runs the show and chooses the best storylines and uses the off-camera conversations between contestants to the show's advantage. Right now, she's been stuck in a car for the last half hour with cameraman and occasional fuck Mike driving like a NASCAR driver and the lady contestants bickering in the back about religion. Casey hopes the sniping keeps going when the cameras are turned on. Stirring the pot, Casey points out that Otter's Island is a pretty famous LGBTQ getaway. <laughs> As Amanda is describing getting sand in her ear and her vagina during sex on a beach, Mike slams the brakes. He says he saw someone on the road despite it being 3.46 a.m. He looked big and... Naked? Strange. What time do the bars kick out on Otter's Island? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's normal it's and fine. Normal. Yes. Further comments from catchchat.com debate the decision to film at Otter's Island. Previous seasons have had some cringe location decisions, and the less said about Phoenix, the better. And Otter's Island isn't much different as it's famous for some missing hikers in the 90s. People got obsessed by the mystery and loads of crackpot theories whirled around. Aliens, serial killers, lesbian witches. <laughs> Any of those, though, would spice the shore up. Oh, yeah. Lesbian witches. Lesbian witches that are serial killers and yes. they're killing aliens. Or alien. are they also aliens? Consensual relationship with lady aliens. Yes. And they're killing serial killers. Yes. Done. I love it. 
The group reaches the bed and breakfast, owned by Margaret, call me Maggie, and though Amanda is jet-lagged as fuck, she needs to get her sunrise photo taken for her vlog on the old-fashioned point-and-click digital camera that the production crew gave her, since they aren't allowed to have their phones or access to social media. Oh, how she wishes she had her phone, because she's desperate to check her follower numbers. Amanda whines at Vanessa until she agrees to help her take the picture, and together they head into the trees with the sounds of sheep bleeding, keeping them company, until they find the perfect spot. As soon as the rays are just right, Vanessa snaps some shots, then drags Amanda back to the bed and breakfast because she needs sleep. Amanda, however, stays a a little bit longer to check out the shots. As she examines them, she spots a silhouette in the distance behind her. It's tall and standing between two trees. What is that? Another tree. (laughs) (laughs) A post on catchchat.com details the missing persons from 2004. Three women went missing from Otters Island State Park. Families of the missing women have never been satisfied with the investigation, saying that a three-day search was hardly sufficient. Further comments talk about a conspiracy theory surrounding the disappearance. Others call on the mods to close the post out, which they do. Casey hooks up with Mike, well, eventually. He actually thought she wanted to talk about the shoot later that day. Bless his dumb, gorgeous self. He's so stupid. After they finish, well, he does, Mike confesses to still being keyed up about the person he almost hit. At least, he thinks it was a person. He was just so naked and hairy. Casey doesn't take Mike seriously, so he hurriedly leaves. He is sick of Casey always laughing at him anyway. It's Renee's time in front of the camera. Sigh. Ugh. And she doesn't drum up the enthusiasm the production team would probably like, but Jeremy is a soulless grifter. Casey is an unmannered vampire, and the interview is more of an inquisition. Renee won't take Casey's bait no matter how much it might annoy the producer. Even back in week three, when one of the girls spouted racist rhetoric, Renee knew how she would be seen. However, it is easier to give the vampire some useful soundbites. As Renee is about to give in, Maggie interrupts with offers of tea, which thankfully calls the interview to an end, and you know that Renee makes her tea with a kettle. Renee and Maggie get on really well and enjoy chai tea and fresh homemade scones. Maggie is intuitive and can see Renia is not happy and that Renia's preference may also lie towards women. Renia has always suspected she's bisexual, but it's not something she's ever explored. In 2004, Abigail Choi posts on findingkate.blogtropolis.com. Her sister Kate went missing on Otters Island 10 years ago, and the park rangers, police, and the FBI have done nothing to find out what happened to her. Now it's her turn. As a safety net, Abigail will send all of her information and posts to Redacted, who will publish it if anything happens to her. It's Lila Mears' time to be in the spotlight and ascend her big solo date with Jeremy. 
They're going on a helicopter ride, something she has done many times before with her girlfriends around Dallas, but for the show she will pretend she's never been. The viewers don't like contestants who come from wealth and privilege, even if her family's money comes from hard work and faith in the Lord. <laughs> it's Lila Mir's intention to use this moment to give her mission statement, to light the bushel on fire. Unfortunately, Lila Mir doesn't account for the terrible, or more like pur- purposeful, bad piloting. The ride is jerky and bumpy, and Lila Mir throws up on the helicopter window, and uttering, Shit! Her speech is ruined, and by the glint in cameraman Mike's eye, he got the whole damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) As Vanessa is being driven to Mount Resilience, the next location for the show, and sizing up her competition in her mind, she realizes that Casey is leaning on the partition intercom, and she can hear every word between the producer and Dex on speakerphone. This will mean useful intel, so she needs to play it cool and not let on that she's listening in. Casey and Dex are talking about who the winner might be. Jeremy wants to get his dick wet, so it ain't gonna be Lila May, (laughs) y'all. Renee has already been spoken to about you know she's not gonna be a winner and amanda and jeremy were caught half naked in a yacht bathroom and vanessa is gonna have to step it up and soon well fuck possibly literally no no ain't gonna be lala may y'all ain't gonna be her ain't gonna be lala may the only bushel gonna be on fire is her words to the lord and not her vagina Back in 2004, Abigail updates Otis Island doesn't look sinister at first. It's got an outdated charm, but it's all surface. She's been on eight hikes so far and has still found no clues or theories as to what happened to her sister. She realised standing at the top of the peak that Otis Island is eerily quiet. There are no birds there, though plenty in the trees. What's wrong with this place? You alright? Is your bushel on fire? Oh, you get praise for that. <laughs> I don't know why it broke me that Lila May's vagina is not gonna be on fire. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tonight, they are filming Date Night on the peak of Mount Resilience, where they are spending the night glamping, complete with a fire pit and yurts. Renee finds the theatrics and pageantry completely ridiculous, though the others look so serious as Dex tells them two will be eliminated in the morning. But first, we gotta play a little game of truth or dare. Ugh. Dex has a date with some shellfish, so he won't be spending the night on the mountain. Only Casey and Mike will stay from the production side. The asinine game begins with Jeremy picking Renee first, and he dares her to tell the truth about how he feels about him. Come on, this is a worse question. Renee manages to dodge the truth, while the others call foul on it being a dare in the first place. 
Vanessa takes over the game, first daring Amanda to kiss anyone except Jeremy. She chooses Renee, who is very willing, as she finds Amanda exceptionally attractive, but also exceptionally dumb. Oh, it's hurtful. It's hurtful that I had to read this paragraph. When the kiss ends, <laughs> the rest laugh at the hijinks, but Renee, however, feels like something has unlocked inside her. Beautiful, stupid Amanda has unlocked your fiery vagina. Inside ribbles, <laughs> spouting glitter everywhere. Fabulous, darling. <laughs> However, Lila Mir's religious stick up her ass is on full display following the kiss between two girls, and Vanessa turns on her. The two argue loudly, drawing out the dull roar Renee would swear is coming from the trees. The screaming match turns nasty when Vanessa calls out the fact that Lila Mir once worked at Hooters and didn't tell the producers. And Lila Mir shouts back that Vanessa had an abortion six months ago. What? Everything goes quiet and the date is over. Findingkate.blogtropolis.com Abigail saw something on the peak today. She doesn't want to say anything else. Suffice it to say that her cover story of being a nature photographer is no longer a lie. Ooh. What did she take a picture of? Amanda's beautifully stupid vagina. On fire. <laughs> this badge is on fire. <laughs> well, speaking of Amanda, Amanda is filming some social media content inside her yurt. That is actually really cute. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh my god. <laughs> these sorts of posts and videos give her some sponsorship opportunities, including this amazing no scented water spray. Discount code in the comments. She heads to bed in an adorable romper because, though the yurt may be fancy, it's freezing. Hopefully, Jeremy will come by and keep her warm. Dot, dot, dot. Speaking of, is that him scratching at the door? Amanda gets up to unzip the flap and a creature covered in shaggy, sweat-caked hair, which is definitely not Jeremy, sticks its head in. Amanda screams and backs away from the human-shaped creature that comes inside and starts sniffing the air. In the hairs of internally screaming, Oh, fuck! Amanda spots a pair of very perky, hair-covered breasts. She also notes the creature is seven, maybe eight feet tall and looks strong. Very strong. Is it a lady ape? And why has no one come to help her? She's been screaming hysterically. As the creature comes closer, its wet dog smell becomes overpowering. Deciding to save herself, Amanda makes a dash for the door, but before she can get away, the creature pulls her back by the ponytail and slams her head hard against the fancy bamboo floor of the yurt. Damn it. Damn it. <sighs> Vanessa is woken up by Renee, who matter-of-factly tells her Amanda is missing. Yes, they checked the outhouse, and Lila May thought she heard animal noises. Vanessa, rather than being concerned, thinks Amanda is a secret genius. Yes, she is. Because I am she. 
I don't think you're gonna want to be. I'm not. I'm not. I regret saying that. Okay. <sighs> Sorry. I'm just really letting myself down today because my vagina is not on fire and I'm a beautiful idiot. I mean, to be fair, you can be a beautiful idiot, but you don't want your vagina to be on fire. It's that's true. That's a medical emergency. Yeah, I really don't want that to happen. She got crabs, literal crabs, on a beach having sex. You don't want to be this Amanda. No, she, no. I don't want a sandy vagina. No, nobody needs a sandy vagina. Oh, I've just had a new would you rather question pop into my head, though. Anyway, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather have a sandy vagina or, or, a, a, or, or a fiery vagina? Yeah. Just remember that. We'll come back to it. You take a note while I finish this. I'm writing it down. Me being a secret genius. So back to me being a secret genius. This is Amanda's gamble to get one of the final spots. I mean, it kind of makes sense, you know, disappearing and then returning triumphantly. You would definitely get a spot in in the finale, right? Definitely. Right? Yeah, go on. The tension is thick as they sit around the fire pit waiting for the park rangers to arrive. Egos still sore from the game of truth or dare. And vaginas still sore from the fire. <laughs> An editor's note is posted to findingkate.blogtropolis.com where they state they debated actually posting the entries. In their final communications with Abigail, the editor had started to believe Abigail was losing her grip on reality. Abigail's behaviour became erratic and unpredictable, her communications confusing. The editor doesn't believe Abigail saw what she claimed she saw on Mount Resilience. But to honour their promise, they will continue to post the blogs, or really, they just want Abigail to come back home. Sitting around the fire pit, a loud metallic crunch echoes across the peak. Mike suggests a car crash, but Casey thinks he needs to stop scaring the contestants. Checking her phone, Casey sees a missed call from Dex 20 minutes ago. He obviously got her voicemail about Amanda and possibly tried to head back up the mountain. Shit. Deciding they'd better check, Casey takes their only car and leaves Mike with Vanessa, Renee, Lila May, and Jeremy at the camp. Amanda wakes up alone in a cave. Pulling herself together, Amanda imagines how Dex will narrate her off the shore, which is motivation to move. At least she would pull up the ratings and her social media hits would go through the roof. But that last picture she took on Labor Day is not cute enough for the muse. Limping toward the cave entrance, Amanda hears a noise from behind her. The creature must have been deeper in the cave, and it knows she is trying to escape. The creature makes a massive leap and easily catches her, dragging her back inside. Damn it! See, you don't want to be this, Amanda. Damn it, Amanda. Amanda. Damn it! Meanwhile, Casey is hurtling down the mountain in search of Dex, nearly crashing herself. She never thought Dex would be stupid enough to come back up to the peak. On a straight patch of road, Casey spots a wreck, and when her car lights hit it, she recognizes it as one of the Ketch fleet, its windshield shattered, smoke drifting from the hood, and a figure unmoving on the ground. It's Dex. Casey pulls up to it, but before she can get out of her car, a male voice from behind her says her name. <gasps> Things are still tense and snippy back at camp. Renee seems to be the only one calm and unflustered by the events. 
sick of standing around being aggravated by Lila May's existence, Vanessa declares she's going to head to the Tower of the Peak because it might give her the vantage point she to actually see something. Renee says she will look in Amanda's yurt. Jeremy, who has been distant with Vanessa since the truth of their abortion revelation, says he'll help Renee. Lila May offers to go with Vanessa. Vanessa agrees, as long as there ain't no Bible talk. I agree. Casey is furious with Mike, who was told to stay with the contestants, but who actually snuck into the back seat of Casey's car. The person in the crashed car is obviously Dex, and Casey, trying to make herself believe he is still okay, is too scared to check, so reality doesn't pop her bubble. Mike, however, scrambles out to the car and to Dex and confirms... He's dead. Oh no. As Mike is looking around the area, he spots a footprint in Dex's blood. Someone else was here. Before he can say anything to Casey, his lower jaw is blown off by a shotgun. Casey runs back to the car and overhears two women speaking. One is Margaret Call Me Maggie, the B&B owner, and the other is a middle-aged woman called Abigail. Unfortunately for Casey, the two women realise someone was with Mike and start searching for her. Casey dives out of the car to make a run for it, but a foot presses her down to the road. Maggie is above her, gun pointed at her, and Casey realises she's surrounded as more women come out of the trees. On the peak, Renee feels invigorated and is enjoying the thought that the show is finally over. But it's a shame (laughs) that Jeremy won't go away. He's trying to be all pally with her, but Renee has had enough and tells him to fuck off. Jeremy tries to get further rise out of Renee, but he's not worth her time. Finally, at Amanda's yurt, Renee spots a torn piece of Amanda's cute PJs straight away. Then another. Despite Jeremy spoiling for a fight, he agrees to go searching for Amanda with her. As Jeremy is screaming for Amanda, Renee thinks how this entire situation should be scary, but she's actually calm and feels completely at ease. Jeremy is swinging his flashlight around when Renee spots blood on a tree root. Heading further into the trees, Jeremy thinks he sees something, and Renee is more than happy for him to go off and look because she has found a rocky drop-off she wants to check out. Climbing down, Renee finds a cave with a flickering light within. Ooh. Looking inside the cave, Renee finds it is a wealthy clearing space with signs that someone is living out of it. Heading deeper in, she finds skulls, ribcages, and scattered amongst the bones, old boots, fabric, and other hiking paraphernalia. At the bottom of the pile is Amanda's disembodied head. Alas, poor Amanda, we hardly knew you, or we knew you enough. Heading back outside, Renee heads back to Jeremy and keeps her mouth shut about her find, thinking, let them feel the chaos for once. Come on now, will you please tell someone about my head? (laughs) It's too funny. (laughs) It's too funny. Casey is being marched, blindfolded, up the mountain, surrounded by her captors. Her offers of money to let her go are met with laughter. But then, what do they want? 
Casey tries to use the same tactics on her captors that she uses on the contestants, but these ladies are not dumb or malleable. Abby, despite Maggie's cautions, wants to talk to Casey. She explains that she saw beauty on Otter's Island. True beauty. A beauty she wishes Casey could have seen too. But she got unlucky and came down the mountain. Finally, they arrive at their destination. And Casey is pushed from the cliff into the icy water below. Vanessa and Lila Mir have reached the Storn Observatory and they begin the long climb up. They aren't speaking much and thankfully not bickering. At the top, they even have a bit of a heart-to-heart and realise that they're both flawed humans with feelings and pasts they don't want to define their futures. Their conversation is interrupted, however, by a scuffling sound and peering along the face of the tower, Vanessa spots a dark shape scrambling up the side. Oh, shit. It looks like a hairy person, but that that can't be right. The creature leaps the last few feet and lands on Vanessa, who screams as the creature's drool drips into her mouth. That is gross, by the way. It's really gross. Vanessa realises, as she uselessly tries to push the creature off her, that it's a female and has been watching them since they arrived at Otter's Island. The creature slams Vanessa's head down against the storm ground and starts to pummel her. Lila May didn't run off. She started to, but she came back to help and rushes the creature to get it off Vanessa. Lila May screams to Vanessa to run, and stumbling, she tries. Before heading down the stairs, Vanessa turns and sees Lila May being held by the throat by the nine-foot creature before it throws her over the edge of the tower. Vanessa runs. Renier and Jeremy hear screams and run toward them. Renier has overtaken Jeremy easily and ignores his plaintive, misogynistic gasps that he should get there first. Renier stops in her tracks when she sees an impossible sight. A magnificently tall female figure holding a pair of severed legs, one in each hand, with the leftover body on the ground at her feet. Behind the creature, Renier spots Lila Mir, impaled on a pine limb, Suddenly, Jeremy taps her on the shoulder. Together, they watch the creature easily pull Vanessa's body apart. Now that the creature has finished her task, she looks to the boulder where Renier and Jeremy are hiding. Renier is calm and so pleased she got to see one perfect, incomprehensible thing before she died. Something that could raise all her useless memories to the ground. While Renee is happy for the wonderful creature to come for them, Jeremy inexplicably rises to his feet and starts yelling and waving at the creature. Jeremy's flailing flashlight allows Renee to examine the beautiful creature more closely. The lady creature watches Jeremy, seemingly to welcome the challenge Jeremy poses. Challenge. 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 With unfounded bravado, Jeremy drops his flashlight, grabs a rock, and starts charging the creature. Renee scrambles from her cover, grabs the flashlight, and shines it into Jeremy's eyes as he lunges toward the creature and drags the rock down her arm. The creature cries out, and as Jeremy calls for Renee to help him, the creature springs up and lands on him, crushing him like a twig. 
Jeremy continues to call out to Renee as his spine is disconnected from his legs, and the creature lifts her hand and brings it down on his skull until his weak cries stop. He doesn't even get a wah-wah. No, he doesn't deserve one. The creature is hurt and is sitting slumped against the boulder mourning. It distresses Renée seeing such a beautiful creature in pain and she goes to her, slowly, non-threateningly, giving her reassuring platitudes. Using a ripped section of her undershirt, Renée tends to the creature. From the trees, footsteps approach. Renée is prepared to defend the hurt creature, but Maggie emerges and does not seem surprised to see Renée with the Lady Sasquatch or the grizzly tableau. Maggie explains that Patricia has a funny way of making new friends, but Otter's Island is hers, and they are the ones who need to adapt to it. Renée can't imagine leaving Patricia behind. T-Rex Derrickson posts on CatchChat.com about the sad news from the show. Dex Derrickson died in a drunk driving accident, and Amanda, Vanessa, Lila May, Renee, and Jeremy are all missing. There's been a gruesome photo leaked to the press of cameraman Mike with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Producer Casey was found near Mike, apparently drowned. The police believe it was a murder-suicide-slash-killing-spree scenario. As more information is released, T-Rex will update the fandom. But in the meantime, all they can do is send their thoughts and prayers. <sighs> Those useful things. They're so useful and so helpful. Flash forward to 2044. Laurel Quinn is forced to buy an expensive but thankfully cute hat from an Otter's Island shop. Behind the counter is a black woman in her 50s who looks familiar. As Laurel is paying, she realises where she's seen the woman from. The Last Corsage, a Netflix docuseries about the catch. The woman laughs and says she gets that a lot, but she's not her. Laurel asks about a good camping spot for her and her friends, and the woman pulls out some dusty brochures for those not afraid of Lady Bigfoot. No! <gasps> The end. The end. Don't give me a cuddle. So good. Amazing. (laughs) Right, I'm gonna go squatching and have a break and listen to some promos for other podcasts. Yes. Probably just one promo from one other podcast. Enjoy. I'm glad that's how you squatch. Squatch, 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 squatch. You just say it constantly while you're doing it. Yes. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guest and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast. And now back to the show. 
Did you find a Sasquatch? Well, I found a six foot hairy beast, but he's asleep. Oh, is this is your husband? Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, my six foot hairy beast is not actually hairy, just the hair on his head. He like doesn't even have arm hair. It's weird, but I like it. Oh. Yeah, I like it. Interesting. I'm not a fan of of the hairy like a hairy chest, a hairy back. Ugh. Mm, not Henry for me. Cavill hairy chest and Superman. Mm, not mm, not for oh, me. Yeah. It's not for me. Mm. Claire, Claire, come back, come back, Claire, come back. <laughs> Stay with us, Claire. Let's talk about gruesome murders instead. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I love all of the grisly dismemberment. Oh, it was so satisfying. So, you could feel and hear mm, the pops. Yeah, it was good. It was so good stuff. Good. I also really enjoyed the fact that this was kind of, you know, epistolary style of book, because everyone knows how much I love those. Yes. Like the, the chat rooms and the blog posts. The audiobook was an ensemble cast as well. Yes, yes, and we all know how we feel about ensemble casts. We love, love them. So good. Yeah, it was really, really, really good. I got major Grady Hendrix vibes from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he kind of, it kind of starts off so innocuous, and it's just kind of like a regular quote-unquote regular situation and then gruesome horrible horrific murders take place yes yeah i i appreciated that like you're just you just jump right into it really because within the first chapter you know there's a murdered sheep (laughs) just right there first paragraph yeah she's like (laughs) Margaret called me Maggie's just hosing down a sheep. Like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and it happens so frequently that she's just like, I'll just finish my cup of tea. It's fine. Yeah. Like, uh, do I need to restain this right now? Because, I mean. It's going to be the rainy season. I'll just have to do it again. Yeah. But then I'll see the blood splatter. Or, oh. <sighs> just leave it what there. What to do for that? Just leave it there. <laughs> but I like it. I am it kind just... of glad I don't have that kind of problem, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that it was just immediate. You're right in the middle of it. I mean, you don't really know why it's happening necessarily, but immediate gore. Yes. It sets the tone. It, yeah. It, it makes you think, yeah, okay, this is about a, a bachelor-style dating program, but we started with blood. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that, people. Yeah. I did enjoy Renia's kind of just general ennui. She she did have general ennui. It was somehow related to general American. <laughs> Less accented. Yes. <laughs> Slightly more wistful. <laughs> wistful ennui. <laughs> I don't think they go together. They don't go together. They don't. <laughs> They don't at all. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, Anyway. Yes. So. I. 
I appreciated that there was gore and violence in this because, I mean, we know how I've felt about the past couple of Heartstopper episodes, and I'm like, oh, can there just be a murder? And this one was like a dating show, but then there was murder and a Sasquatch. And it's like, it's perfect. It's perfect for me. Yes. I don't think more people got murdered than survived, which is nice. Yes. I liked the. F- I did like the fact that Abigail went in search of her sister Kate. Didn't find Kate, so you can only assume that. But found Patricia, yeah. so you can only assume for me, Patricia gave a too vigorous a hug to Kate. Yeah. But Abigail just fell in love with Patricia and stayed on Otter's Island to protect yes. her. Yeah, that is, I think, probably my surprise. Is like the blog posts with Abigail just stop and then Margaret call me Maggie like shoots Mike in the face or Abigail does I don't remember but it's like right there it they call her by her name and you're like oh she's she is one of the ladies yay yes. do you know do you know I, I don't know if I took offense but I kind of went oh <laughs> it wasn't in the summary they made a comment about all of these lovely, vivacious lesbian women wearing Birkenstocks. And then Abigail purposely says to Maggie, come on, it's so last season, we don't wear socks without Birkenstocks. Now, I have a pair of Birkenstocks. Please do not tell me that you wear socks with your Birkenstocks, I never Claire. wear socks with sandals. That is an offence against the natural order of things. It, it it goes against the laws of physics and nature. You do not wear socks with sandals. No. But I at least thought, I've got Birkenstocks. Well, yeah, I mean, I... I've got a pair okay. of Birkenstocks too, know. but just don't wear them with socks, man. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. I actually put them on like a couple of days after finishing the summary and I was Did like, you put them on with socks? No, but I was tempted to just to take a picture to send to you. <laughs> I wish but you would. I, 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 I will, but I, I'm not a sock person. Like, No, I don't like I to wear socks, socks at home. Mm-mm. No, I walk around barefoot or yeah. you know slippers because I'm British and we like our slippers. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like to wear anything on my feet, and that sucks because my feet are almost always cold. But oh, I just I've got don't. Really fluffy slippers on right now, and mm. my feet are lovely and warm. See, I I, I still have on my socks, you know, because I was at work all day, and I we just you know came and popped into the booth so we could record, and the socks I am wearing say something about ah fresh out of fucks is what my socks say <laughs> that's appropriate yeah my my socks today which came off a second after the shoes came off um had pumpkins on i was wearing oh. halloween socks yeah, which you know it's not halloween socks for me it's just you know they're just socks, socks. with pumpkins on yeah mm-hmm. yes yeah i had those ones <laughs> nice you see, my socks have to match my outfit, and these socks are black and white, and I was wearing a black and white shirt today, so. Well, I don't have that many socks. I, I just, I wear, like, a lot of 
um, trainer style socks as well. Mm. So they're just plain black or plain white. Yeah. Not that people need to know what kind of socks that we've got, but this is they a do. conversation. It is. It is. Well, you know, it's Bigfoot. It's foot related. And, That's you know, true. we might pick up some more listeners if we talk about our feet and show them off a little bit. I don't know. Oh, we'll pick up certain types of listeners if we start posting about our feet. I do have a pair of socks that look like um, zombie feet. Nice. It's really great. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about this book some more. And not feet anymore, please. You started it, though, with the Birkenstocks. It's all your what? fault. It's just kind of like... I, just, I wasn't offended by the, the socks. Don't wear socks with Birkenstocks. Because you don't wear socks with sandals. But I was like, are Birkenstocks that same? I don't think Birkenstocks have ever gone out of style. I don't think they've ever been in style, and I don't think they're ever going out of style. They just exist. They kind of had like a a research a few years ago. Really? Pre-pandemic. In the UK, just a tiny little. It was the, like, the the design, the style of of the moment. It was like a few years ago, it was always Ugg boots. Everywhere was Ugg boots. Yeah. And yeah, so that time has been and gone. Yeah. Now it seems to be Crocs. I was going to ask you about Crocs. Like, which is worse, Uggs or Crocs? Crocs. Right. Well, do you want my confessions now, or <sighs> do you, to on video or not? Yeah, I mean, you might as well. So when I got married, <laughs> I wore proper shoes to get married in. But I knew these shoes were going to murder out of my feet and I would be in agony and pain the rest of the day. So I got a pair of ballet slipper Crocs. So they weren't the traditional Crocs where you put with the holes in them. They looked like ballet shoes. And I danced the entire night. I didn't fall down. My feet weren't hurting me. And I was able to walk the next day. I think that's fine. As long so as they don't the, look like a croc with the holes no. and the little ankle strap that you can pull no. down. No, they didn't look like crocs at all. They mm. were crocs they were in that they were like a foamy kind of shoe yeah. and they were yeah. a croc make. Yeah. But to look at them you wouldn't have been able to tell they were crocs because they just looked like an off white flat ballet style shoe. Yeah. And I even said to my bridesmaids bring comfortable shoes afterwards because these will do for the ceremony and the photographs and then throw them underneath the table for now yeah because it's the worst thing why wear uncomfortable shoes where you can't dance that makes me sad when we did the time warp and i kicked my leg the shoes oh. would go across oh. the other side of the room and somebody had to come and put back on and i do have a picture and we call it the cinderella picture of my husband changing my shoes over oh that's precious that's my croc confession i love it but it was also a precious story about your wedding at my wedding, I spent the night vomiting on the floor because my insulin pump broke, and it's not a good time. Diabetes! Diabetes, damn you! <sighs> anyway. Anywho. <laughs> Do you know what dis- not disturbed me? But I was like, I found rather the, the fixation in it was Patricia's I, boobs. Yeah, uh, yeah. They got hung up about Patricia's boobs. Yeah. I was like, give the give the lady some privacy. Yeah, stop, no, looking, stop looking at her boobs. Stop looking at her bosom. Her eyes are up here. 
Uh, her feet are down there. Yes, there might be a nine foot difference. Yeah, but, but don't stop looking at her boobs. Stop yeah. it. Leave her boobs alone. Respect her body autonomy. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It, it got a little. It was a little weird. Yeah. Like not, not terrible, but like, why? I mean, I, I guess mean, we I'm just sure magnificent, right? And I guess we really, you know, how how else are you gonna? How else are you gonna know that it's a lady Sasquatch? Because like, because there's lots of giant swinging penis. Yeah, but there's lots of hair down there, and so maybe you can't see the giant dangle. I mean, how much hair is down there I mean, to hide a giant have... dangle of a nine foot creature? I mean, does Chewbacca wear pants? No. Can you can you see Chewbacca's penis? No, but no, because he's because he's hair. Yeah, but he walks around in the movie all the time, and he does not wear pants. But then they'd have to make the Star Wars movies an eighteen certificate. Also, Chewbacca is not a Sasquatch. Also, Chewbacca is not a Sasquatch. Anyway, um, my guess is the reason why they kept talking about her bosom is because that is the distinguishing feature to make her a lady Sasquatch. And, you know, you don't really hear a lot about lady Sasquatches. So... No, no, no. Cause, well, because they're I so do, hairy, because you I can't... watch those programs. <laughs> right. But also they're very hairy. And, you know, unless you've got like a, like a big rack, maybe you can't tell so much. I hope she's careful because, you know... If she's got a big rack and she's doing all these jumps and climbing and, you know, a lot of pressure and they're going to go flying. And I know. She could knock something unconscious. I know. That would be dangerous. Yeah. I don't think they'll do support bras for a lady Sasquatch, though. Probably not. Probably on her. I mean, they might. Well, there are some really big brassiers out there, so it's there possible. Are. It's possible that she could get something that fits her body, but you know, also, we don't need to restrain them. If she doesn't want to wear a bra, she does not have to wear a bra. No, I just hope she's, you know, careful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we want we want her bosoms to to be well cared for since they're yes. so prominent. Yes. But we don't want to keep staring at them. Right. Respect her body. Right. Yes. I think that respecting bodies is something that a lot of the characters in this book, they they should learn that. Yeah. Like, you know, with the whole Lila May working at Hooters thing, like, who gives one fuck where you work, Lila May? People are treating well, you badly because exactly. you love Jesus and also wearing tight tank tops at Hooters. Does that mean that's the thing? A job is a job. Are you paying your taxes? Yeah, so, okay, fine. You know, you you don't shame somebody for earning a wage. No. And then also, the same with Vanessa and her abortion. Like, yeah. you know what? Respect Res- body autonomy. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting that we're finding these deep... <laughs> meaningful lessons that we're pulling out of this book but about a lady I mean, Sasquatch who murders Sasquatch people. <laughs> who murders people from a reality TV program. But just because it has a 
out quote-unquote outlandish concept doesn't mean that there isn't something else in there. there. I mean, yes, sometimes a shadow is a shadow, but sometimes there are other messages in there. Like, yeah. the, Jeremy, stop being a racist fuck. Yes, seriously. Dex, you need to go to AA and seek some help for that alcoholism. Yeah. Casey, you need to calm down and take a chill pill and start respecting your colleagues. Yes. Mike... Yes. You probably need to stand up for yourself a little bit, Mike. Yeah, Mike needs to stand up for himself a little bit. Jeremy yeah. needs to be less greasy asshole. Yes. Yeah. A lot of do with respect. So, yeah. out of the final four, mm-hmm. who do you want to win? That's an unfair question, I think. Is that because you're projecting yourself onto Amanda the fashion vlogger? I am. Of course I want Amanda to win. Her name is Amanda. Now, if I got to pick any of them, I would obviously want to pick Renee because she's the least terrible of all of them. She's a good person. I would like to pick Renee. Yes. But she doesn't even want to be there. So of the ones that want to be there, Amanda. I was going to pick Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah. If we're taking Renee out... Sure. Because she doesn't want to be there. She's off cuddling Patricia. Right. And there hasn't been all the grisly murders. Right. I would pick, I would pick Vanessa. Yeah. Not Lila May. God, not Lila May. No, Jesus, I do not want... No. I do not like Lila May. I do not like that she's trying to push her Christian agenda on everyone. I have like, my mission statement already, and I will light this bushel on fire. No. Instead, no. you're going to vomit in a helicopter. Vomit in a helicopter and then get impaled on a pine tree. Whoa. Ah, so she did get wood in the end. She did. She did make a stick wet. No, stop it. Hey, it wasn't me. It was in the book. These terminologies were there. <laughs> True. You're right. You're right. I was going to say something that would have been worse than that so it's fine something vaguely Jesus-y being on a cross <laughs> it's too much it's too much <laughs> take it back so insert uh, religious iconography pun here <laughs> anyway anyway um, so, since we just had that question about who we would want to win, do you have a favorite character, and why is it Patricia? Um, don't think I need to explain why Lady Bigfoot wins, because I mean, she just wants a cuddle. Yeah. She's a mythical creature on her island. You're coming to her home. Yeah. yeah she's going to... You need defend to, it. You need to respect her. Yeah. Do you have? Uh, do you like any of the characters other? Other than Patricia. other than Patricia. I kind of like Maggie. Yeah. I thought Maggie was nice. I like. We didn't cover it in the summary, but there's a lot of um, Maggie um, letters between Maggie and her. Uh, dead wife Kathy. Yes. And how yeah. they move from. Was it was it Little Rock and Arkansas yes! they move from? Yes! 
Yes. Visited her daughter's island, fell in love with it there, you know. Yes. Ran away together. I was really surprised. I think that might be my surprise, is that... Another surprise. You're full of yeah, surprises. I'm full of surprises, yes. Um, but the fact that they were in Arkansas and then they moved to Washington. Like, that's... But I did that. I mean, now <laughs> I'm back in Arkansas, but still. But I did that. And this is why you are Amanda Parker, fashion vlogger. I know. <laughs> And then I'm going to get you my head bashed You have parents. I mean, that obviously isn't true for you, but still. Right. Yes. <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting. Like, when I was listening to it, they were talking about, like, going and climbing a mountain. And they said Pinnacle. And I thought, oh, well, maybe they just, like, gave a fake name to a mountain in Seattle or, or somewhere in Washington State. And then they were like... Oh, no, I got it. I've never been out of Pulaski County before. And I'm like, excuse me? These are all my words. Arkansas, like, I live in Pulaski County. I have climbed to the top of Pinnacle Mountain. These are all things that I have done. <laughs> also, you're not the fashion vlogger. You are Maggie. I must be Maggie. You're going to go to Otters Island and open a bed and breakfast and make amazing scones. Yeah. And chai tea. And chai tea, clean yeah. dead sheep off your porch. Yeah. And wear Birkenstocks with socks. <gasps> no! Oh, God, no. Oh. Is that what I need to do for the cover photo? <laughs> it's just to be my feet in Birkenstocks with socks on. To be honest, it's, it's what I was considering. <laughs> oh. I don't want to do that. Oh. Do you have a big pile of boards? You actually you probably do. I do at the library, yeah. Big pile of boards and some socked feet in Birkenstocks. I don't want it to. You gotta. I don't to. want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. <laughs> Gross. All right, can yeah, we play Would is. You Rather, please? Yeah, we can. <laughs> can it please be time? Pew, pew, pew. Ooh, 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 hold on. My pew. surprise was that Dex oh, died so mundanely. Oh, he yeah. He was drunk. Like, he wasn't viciously murdered. I would prefer to think that maybe Margaret Call Me Maggie or somebody like jumped out in front of him and caused him to crash. That's my headcanon, that the the ladies of Otter's Island caused him to crash. Yeah. But it's not really covered in any way, so it's no. personal headcanon. And also, yeah, like, he's just he's just pretty garbage anyway, so whatever. He's fine. He's a wax He's work. dead. Like, like, he's Get him out of the way. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Where'd you rather? <laughs> Everyone go check out our shop, Fictional Hangover dot redbubble.com and get your very own would you rather pew pew shirt pew 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 would you rather be mortified by a game of truth or dare or vomit on a helicopter both are filling for the dating show you're on <laughs> on facebook 75% are playing truth or dare on Instagram, 56% are playing Truth or Dare. On Twitter, it was a straight-up 
And on TikTok, it was 61% are playing Truth or Dare. We have some comments this week. We do have some comments. Brie on Facebook, nausea and losing my chunks on a spinning death machine. I love spinning death machine. Emily on Facebook said, I'd rather tell some of my secrets than see my vomit on a helicopter. Colin on Facebook said, I have no secrets and no shame, so I guess it's truth or dare for me. Coral on Facebook loves a good truth or dare. Constance on Facebook, I cry when I puke. I'd rather not cry on TV. (laughs) Truth or dare it is. L20Kev on Instagram says, I might have said Eiffel Tower in the Would You Rather last week that I'm trying to face my height fears, so I'd go up it. But a helicopter is too far for me. There'll be more than just vomit, so I'll need to do the truth or dare. (laughs) Real Jackson Ford on Instagram said, truth or dare. And we have some library comments. We do. Uh, One person said, I'll take vomit. Too many secrets for a game of truth or dare. Another said, truth or dare, no matter my secrets, vomiting on camera is still less classy. And another person said, I will do anything to avoid barfing. Truth or dare it is. Mm. Have you ever been in a helicopter? No. I have. Did you vomit? Nope. Not even a little bit. Mm. It was mid. It was one of the Grand Canyon helicopters. Oh, nice. Technically, technically, I did drive it for like two seconds. That's amazing. You let me hold the stick. It's amazing. It's amazing. So what are you doing? Are you helicoptering or are you truth or daring? I'm not going to vomit the helicopter because it would, it would have to be some major, major turbulence. Yeah. Like, I've been in strong turbulence on an aeroplane. I haven't wanted to vomit. If it was on a ferry, I'd throw my chunks up because I do get seasick. <laughs> um, but I've got... I don't think I've got any secrets for truth or dare. I've got nothing interesting people would want to learn. So I'll do truth or dare because it's like... Ask me, I'll tell you if you don't already know it. Yeah, I feel like that's, I would choose the same. I don't want to go in the helicopter much the same as I didn't want to go up the Eiffel Tower last time. I don't like heights. I don't want to be up there. So I guess I'll play truth or dare. It's just not very, it's not very exciting. I would have to do like an embarrassing dare to to be mortified by truth or dare. Like... I don't even oh, know. Socks with Birkenstocks. Oh. I dare you to Birkenstocks. wear socks with Birkenstocks. No. Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. No. <sighs> Stop it. Gross. All right. Would you rather... Why are we even asking this question? Would you rather be on a reality dating show... Or search for Bigfoot. Uh, mm, I wonder what my answer is going to be. This is a non-question. This is a non-question. I'm going squatching. It's my ambition one day. You know, you know, I love a good ghosty hunt. I'm going to go on another one soon. I'm very excited. Yes, yes. But I have never been squatching, and it is my ambition to go squatching sometime. I will have to do that. I want to go hunting for a fook monster. Yes. In Arkansas. Yes. 
I'm going to beat some trees, do some calls. It's going to be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. One day I'm going to do that. So I'm going squatching and I'm going to get a squatching hat. Yes. I'm going to have a Bigfoot hat for now. Yes. Check Very out my good. Bigfoot hat. Look at it, people. It's amazing. Have you suitably admired the hat? Yes. It even says on the back, I believe. And I do. <laughs> Claire's crazy's on shore. Your answer. <laughs> There's no point to this question. <laughs> Clearly, would rather search for Bigfoot. I don't have any desire to be on a dating show. I think they're obnoxious. I don't watch them. I don't. There's one in the UK. I don't know if you have an American equivalent. It's terrible. I've like never watched it, but I've seen trailers for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. Um, but it starts off like you have the the bachelor, bachelorette, or whatever the single person, and they're in front of like say twelve cubicles on a stage and the cubicles slowly raise up as like have conversations and they'll eliminate people from the cubicles but the cubicles are opening from the bottom up and it reveals the person's naked underneath until last you get to like the final until you pick your final person and you get to see the face so you see the junk before you see the face. That is disgusting. It's stupid, isn't it? I hate it. I hate, I hate it. it. I, you know when you see the advert for a TV programme and go, why? Why? What's the point? Can you see the, like, the Everything, studio the audience can see it too? And like you can see it on TV? Or, I don't know if there's a studio audience. Do you, see not, it? Do you see it on TV? Yes. Full junk. No. Like on after the watershed, so they can do it. I don't know what that means, but no. The watershed's the cut-off point in British television where certain things are acceptable to be shown on TV, like nudity, and certain swear words are fine to be aired. I don't like this. <laughs> what, the watershed? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to... Just stare at people's junk for 30 minutes while they're no, talking to each other. It's disgusting. Like people will get eliminated because they've got gross feet or something. And then they might have particularly hairy legs. And it doesn't matter. It's full gender. So if the person's bisexual, they'll have a mixed yeah. um, gender to pick from. If they're gay, they have, you know, it's, it's matched. Yeah. But yeah, just... <laughs> Just, just dicks everywhere. Potentially. I mean, I guess it's like Tinder on Channel 4. I need you, Claire, to watch this show for science. No. Yep. No. If I have to wear Birkenstocks and, and socks, you have to watch this show for science. I don't want to. I I dare you. Claire. Naked attraction. It's called naked, naked attraction. No. No. I don't like it. Mm-mm. No, neither do I. Just, it's just, just nasty. No. Mm-mm. No. No, I don't want to do that. 
You know. Also, she's Bigfoot and stuff. Yeah. And if it's Lady Bigfoot, I will respect her body and look at her eyes. Yes, look into her eyes or look at her feet. Do not look at her bosoms. No, in a non-threatening manner. Just <sighs> yeah. Submissive pause. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> Would you rather be an ex-pageant influencer, fashion vlogger, auto show model, or HR rep? I either want to be a flash, flashing, uh-huh. a flashing, a flashing mm. vlogger. That's why you've got a bushel on fire. Yes, that's why I'm on that game show, a flashing vlogger. I would either be a fashion vlogger or an auto show model. I feel like, I feel like an auto show model would be more fun. I did that kind of once, um, at a charity event and. Whilst I was modeling other things, I did stand in front of a vehicle, but I also was wearing a very fancy dress and also a beard. <laughs> Are there pictures of this? Yes. Mm-hmm. You need to dig them out and send me them because I need to see this. Okay. Yeah. I also okay. got to wear a really, really expensive ring that people were like doing a silent bid for. Oh. So I got to show it off, but I was a bearded lady. <laughs> It was this really is fun. amazing. It was really fun. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to be a fashion vlogger. Yeah, okay. And push for pockets. Oh, yes. That's um, that's my I'm gonna stand for pockets. Yeah. And I'm going to stand my my um for um sizes that are actually representative of people. Yes realistic you know, you know sizing whole, yeah no stigmatizing sizes and no going to one shop and being able to get one size and then if you go to another shop you have to get another size or depending on the cut of the jeans yeah and all that mm. crap no no. no i wish universal sizing was a thing yes um, so for our next question, can can we skip to the last one? Because then I have mine that, that we thought of in the episode, yes. and I want to ask that one last. So you have you to go. Any order you you have to ask the next question again. Would you rather go glamping in the woods or stay in a hotel in Palm Springs? I want to stay in a yurt. I'm going to go glamping. I like camping. I like just regular camping. It doesn't even have to be glamorous. So I would I would glamp. I would glamp in a yurt. I, the idea of camping is not appealing to me. But glamping is fine. And I've looked into places to go glamping. Because it's not a tent. And I'm sleeping in a bed. Yeah. See, I don't mind, like, sleeping, you know, in, in a sleeping bag on a... You know, you gotta make like a pallet or something. I don't want to just sleep on the cold, hard ground. I gotta, I gotta have something, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a bed. I, I just like it. I like being outside sometimes. Yeah. My I need to camping regularly. And they've got a really posh, inflatable bed that yeah. inflates so far it's as if it is a normal bed height and everything. Yeah. Because she can't go low down. She's got a bad back and bad knees. Yeah. So that kind of is appealing, but I like glamping because i feel like i might be in this time a year 
Yeah, I mean, I've been in yurts before, and they're quite sizable. Yeah. Is there anything to do in Palm Springs? Um, Annie would know. Annie you know, knows about Palm Springs. Do you know who else knows about Palm Springs? Adrian! I was also going to say RuPaul, but okay, we'll go with Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian! <laughs> if Adrian's no, I'm there... going to go glamping in the woods and Sasquatching at the same time. Right, yes. It's happening. Yeah. Cool. Last question, over to you. <laughs> Would you rather have a sandy vagina or a fiery vagina? <laughs> I can't help but feel that if you've got a fiery vagina, you need to go and seek medical advice and, and get some dual action cream and tablets No, I am imagining <laughs> real you're, while you're imagining pouring petrol on it I don't know which one is the best or worst scenario this is not good clearly sand is the best option even sand though... is clearly the best option you know a good shower clean that out then you could rub some cream on you know take away the itchy soreness that'll have happened yeah. if you've got sand in your badge and you clean it out, you're going to end up with a fiery vagina anyways. <laughs> this is a normal situation. But not on fire. Not, a, not, fi- not fire. a fiery bushel. It's not a fiery bushel. <laughs> but it's going to be a fiery element. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking sandy badge <laughs> over fiery You badge. are picking. You're picking the sand out of your veg. I'm washing it with a really good shower head. And don't go there, people. I know we don't kink shame on here, but can we keep it so semi-sensible? Thank you. Yes. But Sandy Vag, there you go. Sandy Vagina <laughs> for the win. Because quite clearly we do not know the definition of a fiery vagina. <laughs> no. Very no. We don't us. know if it's literal or... Regardless, if it's literal or medicinal, you're going to have to keep some <laughs> kind of medicinal Medicinal fire. Know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned right now about but regardless you're going to have to seek some medical advice because either you're going to be burnt down there which damn damn nobody needs that shit or you're going to need some dual action what do we do what do we do we just choose the sandy vagina and then we move just on just choose the sandy vagina we hope there's no crabs in the event in, in no it. no Real crabs or sexual crabs. Just move on. <laughs> sexual crabs. Sexual crabs. God damn it. Can we can we end this now? <laughs> yes, let's move on to favorite final thought quote. Ready, go. Some lesbian witches could really spice up the catch. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Oh, great. He caught feelings. This is what happens when you try to fight an eight-foot-tall mythical beast. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to give this quote since we keep talking about it. Quick newsflash from the future. We don't wear socks with Birkenstocks anymore. (laughs) Thank you. Do you have any others? 
there was one and I'm just going to like it just made me giggle and think about us when we record and start going you know hashtag always promoing spare moments are often the best for making sponsored content and I'm just kind of like yeah Waffle House hit us up come on Wink. yeah come on Waffle House you know you want to sponsor us <laughs> Oh, it's good. It did make me laugh. It's so what do you got? Your blooper reel material. Oh, thank you. Oh no, that's us. That's oh. us. Oh, but oh, forget that episode that we made that one time. What episode we made one time? <laughs> Hi, Amanda. Renee says, looking down at the head. Amanda doesn't speak back because she's a disembodied head. Alas, poor Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, you taste like unwashed asshole. There are some zingers in this book. There were, there were quite a few. All right. If you liked this, try this. Did you find something else that can possibly match the beauty of this book? Possibly. Possibly. I will point out, though, it is in the background of, if you're watching on the video, um, the United States of Cryptids, a tour of American Myths and Monsters, which is a bit more of a fact book, and I'm currently reading it right now. And it's very fun because it goes around the, the United States and talks about the different creatures there. And it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it does have the fuck monster of Arkansas. So I'm very excited by that. Yay! It was the first thing I looked for when I got the book. My lovely husband bought it for me is because he saw it and he's like, Claire is going to adore this. And it's a really fun. So if you want like a semi-serious fact book, I will recommend that. And I could go for Jim Butcher, but I know you're going to tell me off for it. There's a Jim Butcher anthology called Working for Bigfoot, but I'm of not going to go for that. No. I'm going to go for something else that I found, which just it kind of gives me the same vibes as Patricia wants to cuddle. But also I kind of got pterodactyl boyfriend. Oh, yes. Uh, I, like, struggled between suggesting that one and also the Necromancer books by Alicia McBride because there is sexy... Sexy Bigfoot in that one, but I didn't. I struggled with the same, and I kind of thought actually you might have gone with one of them, so I thought no, I'll go somewhere else. Okay. And I found this book, and I'm gonna. It looks like a self pub or an indie pub, which okay. is fine. Sure. But what got me is there was nearly two hundred reviews on Goodreads, and it's got four stars. Oh. Yeah. And it's called I'm in Love with Mothman by Paige Lavoie. 22-year-old Heather is suffering from an epic case of burnout. So, just like any young influencer, she abandons her social platforms, check, gathers up her best flowy dresses, check, and moves to a desolate cabin, check. Heather imagines spending her hashtag unplugged days traipsing through the woods and tending to her garden. However, her cottage core fantasy is turned upside down when a wounded cryptid crashes into her roof 
opened her heart. With no help from her internet followers and the local monster hunter growing suspicious, Heather's quiet life in the wilderness has suddenly become a little more complicated. To make matters worse, she thinks she might have fallen in love with the brooding, winged man in her living room. <laughs> I Aww. adore the sound of this book. Sounds wonderful. So many not even ha- it's not even hashtag tenuous it is Mm-mm. hashtag links yes so yeah that's what i'm gonna say i'm in love with mothman i love it <laughs> what have you got so i also tried to go that way a little bit and i found oh. one it was published a long time ago called the minotaur takes a cigarette break by <laughs> stephen Sherrill. Okay. 5,000 years out of the labyrinth, the Minotaur finds himself in the American South, living in a trailer park and working as a line cook in a steakhouse. No longer a devourer of human flesh, the Minotaur is a socially inept, lonely creature with very human needs. But over a two-week period, as his life dissolves into chaos, this broken and alienated immortal awakens to the possibility for happiness and to the capacity for love. <laughs> I need these ones in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we just both picked weird creature books. Oh my god, there are some amazing finds. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely there are. I'm laughing, but honestly, it's joy. These are, yeah. this, is, these are, this is me, I'm grinning from yes. ear to ear. This is joy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, calm down, Claire. Calm down. Do we have any spotlight this week? Can we have any spotlight with this week? We we do have a spotlight, and unfortunately, it, no cryptids are involved oh. in this one. But we do have some exploring, so there are some hashtag tenuous links. Okay. So this one is called Annie Abbott and the Druid Stones by Mike Nelson and Isabel Nelson. Everything in Annie Abbott's life is pretty routine and normal. She's a good student at the junior high school, and her father is a professor at the local university, until a set of mysterious boxes appear out of nowhere hidden in their attic. After they open them, they discover the clues within. Their lives will never be the same as they embark on an adventure that challenges them to the limits of their abilities, both physically and mentally. The story takes Annie on a path of enlightenment, where she discovers the sisterhood of witches to which she always belonged, who teach her to see magic in even the simplest of things in life all around her. We learn the deep and carefully guarded secret that her father holds as he watches her powers begin to grow. Together, they face the challenges as true magic enters their lives. Maybe they're lesbian witches. Hopefully. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Blue Lily, Lily Blue, the third book in the Raven Cycle by Maggie Stiefvater. 
Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangove.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for her music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.